What's up and welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. I am your host, Greg, and we are on episode 53. I am here with Ryan and Tyler tonight. How are you guys doing today? We're the three best friends, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Tyler's alive. Yeah, I'm alive. Unfortunately, life has been kind of busy lately, but I had to make it on for this one and I'd like to make it back on for more as we go on here, but... I'm glad to be on for this one for sure. Well, we are happy to have you. We are going to do our Steve Eiserman special tonight. So we're going to be focusing mainly on, as you guys all know, Steve Eiserman made his return to the Detroit Red Wings as general manager. Yes. Yeah. We we love it. It's amazing. It's what we all hoped and dreamed for. But uh, we've got quite a bit to talk about uh, as it pertains to Steve Eiserman. We've got some uh, lightning, salty lightning tweets to get to and posts. And uh, I think we're going to start a little bit with how much this actually means to the team. So, of course, the, the captain. Back. And apparently it was Ken Holland's decision to bring Eiserman back. But Holland decided to step up into a senior role, uh, take a, a smaller role, but a higher role to let Eiserman come in and be the general manager and the vice president of hockey ops. So I think to the team, this this has a pretty significant impact to have one of their best players the organization has ever seen come back and actually manage them. Uh, so I think we'll start with Ryan. And what do you, how, how much of an impact do you think this has on the team? it has an immediate impact. And what I mean by immediate impact is that it's fucking awesome. Like you've see what he's done. I'm, I'm just going to be straightforward with it. It's the best thing that Detroit has had in general uh, in sports since probably the last time the wings even won a freaking series. Uh, <laughs> they, it's been a struggle ESPN. I mean, when, when ESPN is, dropping the shade on all four four Detroit sports teams, you know, it's getting to a point where we're looking like Cleveland, which is never a good sign. No. Um, but uh, I mean, he, he is the knight in shining armor. He, we, I think a lot of people thought that he would be that back in 2010, 09, 10, when he actually left and went to Tampa, when it was assumed or believed that Kenny didn't step aside, but he's going to come in. He's got some pieces in place that he can start making it his team, his vision and, it all starts with this upcoming draft, but the impact has already been noticed across this, the city and everyone like that's covering even nationwide up into Canada. It's like, it's everywhere. Everyone knew it was coming. They talked about it for the longest time, but now to see that it's actually come to fruition. I mean, I was up at six twenty in the morning on when the news broke and I didn't get offline until the end of the day. So that's, that's the type of impact it has on just like random yeah. sports idiots fans like we are. Yeah, and every day since, uh, people are still saying, good morning, Steve Eiserman is the general manager of the Detroit Red Wings. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Tyler, what do you think the impact it has on the team? Uh, I think it has an immediate, uh, tremendous impact, especially on players like that are already here, like Abdelkader and DeKaiser and players like that. Like they, they now know that if they don't put their best effort and their best foot forward this summer, Next year, they may not be a part of the team. They may not be a part of the team anyways. Um, and then it also gives players like Larkin and even even players that have been here a while, like Larkin and Mantha and Athena see you, that gives them confidence. But at the same time, it puts in the back of your head, 
nobody's safe. He didn't draft any of us. He didn't develop any of us. Nobody's safe. And I think that's a good thing. That's a good thing to give a team because now there's going to be fire, not only from the older guys, but from the younger guys and the middle guys like Larkin, Mantha, Athanasiu, those kind of players, Bertuzzi, and the younger players upcoming like Valeno and Zadina and Hironik and Cholosky, I guess, if you can count them as the younger guys. It just has a immediate tremendous effect, and uh, we're going to see that early next year. We're going to see that in training camp as long as we don't have a lockout. I, I really hope we don't. I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to get another lockout, but it's hard, hard to say really. So I, I do think Fingers that. Fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. I do think that the, one of the immediate impacts it has on the team is I think it goes towards being more of a business, less of a family. Yeah. Nailed I, it. I think you might, I think you might see guys like Abdulkader hit bricks. I think you might see guys like Erickson bought out. You Please. might see him try to aggressively move a contract like Nielsen or try to aggressively move uh, a Darren Helm. Or, I, I mean, you'd, you'd think he might try to trade Abdulkader, but that's not tradable. Mm-mm. So even no, even what if you three... eat half of it, though, is that tradable if you eat half of it? I don't even think it's even worth it. If you if you eat half, that's two million, but you're eating basically what the cap is going up. So I'm not eating yeah, that's it. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Just but, might as well keep them. Exactly. But I think you you see it you see it go towards more of a business, which it should be. In the cap era, it's a business. In a non-cap era, it can be as much of a family as you want because you've got unlimited money. Mm-hmm. You can keep guys like Abdulkader because you can sign. Brett Hall and you can sign Hasek and you can sign all these people that make up for the shortcomings, which you can't do now. Mm-hmm. No, I think the other impact it's going to have is, is in the locker room. Like, like Tyler was saying to the guys like Mantha, to the guys like Larkin, because Stevie brings with him, not only his, his general manager pedigree, but also his player pedigree and being the consummate pro and, and the team's captain mm-hmm. and, I think just being around him, being able to go to him, him talking with the players, I think it instills more of a confidence in the player than talking to someone like Ken Holland probably does. Absolutely. I think that's, that's just my opinion. I think that last point you make is, is the biggest one. You're yeah, I get it. Ken Holland, he's, he's your atypical businessman in the front office. But when you bring in a guy with Eisenman's pedigree for the front office, but then you add on to it that he's, very depending on who you talk to one of the best if not the best player to ever wear the wing wheel i mean that's a stretch he's him and gordy if they were the same time frame would have been freaking crazy but he is the captain for for a reason and that's why you see him still getting highlights all over the place and having the impact that he could possibly have on the young guys particularly larkin that's that's huge yeah i think the big thing too is is you're going to see probably more trades and what better to trade players than than Steve Eiserman who traded uh, and got Ryan McDonough and JT Miller and gave up names like Lieber Hijack, Brett Howden, Nemestikov. Now he did give up the 2018 first round pick to the Rangers, but it was a low pick because they made it so far in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He traded Michael Layton for Louis Domingue in time again. He traded Jonathan Druin for Miguel Sergachev, and that was a great trade. I mean, Druin's Druin's come on for the Canadians, and he's a good player, but Sergachev has has been good for Tampa. He traded Ben Bishop to the Kings for Peter Budai, Eric Cernak, 
uh, and two picks. And that Turner kid huge. is actually pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's makes smart trades and he doesn't make trades just to make trades. He's not going to do a trade and, and not have it have some kind of impact on the team. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like he's not the type of guy either that's going to come in here and do what Shanahan did in Toronto, where he just literally fired everybody. I think he's going to come in here and take a good look at it. He's not going to be in a, in a huge rush to make, you know, drastic changes. And he's certainly not going to make changes for the sake of making changes. No. And he's not afraid to make that hard decision. Like, I right. mean, he came in and, and he, uh, he instant, who is it? He instantly traded the second he came in to Tampa. Yeah, he traded LeCalier. He traded Martin St. Louis to the Rangers for a first round pick, a second round pick and Ryan Callahan. So uh, he's not afraid to I guess you would say hurt people's feelings, but again, the player should know it's a business. If you remember correctly to that Martin St. Louis trade was like, literally he only wanted to go to the New York Rangers. That's the only place he wanted to go. And he got a first and a second in who was it? Do you say Ryan Callahan? Yeah. yeah Ryan Callahan, Callahan, the other who was pest. their captain at the time. Yeah. It was a Saint captain. Louis was a captain at the trade. time. Too, wasn't he? No. Yeah. Oh, yeah, was. was he? It, mm-hmm. Yeah. They the, traded yeah. captain. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yep. Yep. Uh, yeah. So let, let us not forget the Steve Downey, which turned into us getting Kyle Quincy and trading a first round pick. You shut your whore mouth. I am here for oh, hell. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's I think the immediate impact that that Iserman has on a team as he comes in with a no bullshit attitude. He's going to do what needs to be done to get this team back to contention. The other half of this is what does Iserman do for the rebuild? How do you think he speeds it up significantly? Do you think that it's going to stay along the same pace? And I think one of the big things we took away from the Iserman interview was he's preaching patience, mm-hmm. which I agree with because he knows it's not going to happen overnight and every fan should expect it not to happen overnight. Rebuilds yeah. aren't done. At, like say Rome wasn't built in a day. Rebuilds aren't done in two years. No. I mean, look at the light or uh, look at the Maple Leafs, right? Well, shit, look at the Capitals. Look how long it took them. I mean, even when Iserman was in the captain of the Wings, him and Ovi had a very similar, eerily similar career path where it took them both 10 plus years to finally get that cup. I mean, it's it where they dominance right out the gate. Not necessarily. No, it takes it's going to take time. I think we've the three of us have been for the most part patient enough to understand that and realize that this isn't going to be quick. We're aware that they're at least three years out before this, before bringing in Stevie happened. But I think that bringing him in, it bumps it up even possibly a year or two, because if he does the things that you've already mentioned, Greg, there's no telling what could happen with this roster, especially for what's in the pipeline now, where they're at in the draft for for this year. And then just the core they've already got established. I mean, there's a lot of great things that could happen in a very short time frame. What I'm hoping he does is I'm hoping he brings over some of the scouts from Tampa with him. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. Yep. I can't I can't remember the one guy's name, but the one another name that there's two a couple names that apparently have clauses um, in their contracts that were in place that if I were to leave, they were able to leave and do as they please. One of the names that keeps getting dropped is Pat Verbeek. Yep, which would be huge. And there is another b- big scout I can't remember, think of his name right now. I want to say it was like McDaniel or so it started with an M. 
but uh, there's talk that he may end up coming to Detroit as well. Yeah, I, I think I heard Eisenman talking about this in the press conference, and basically he said that the only way you're going to bring someone over from that organization, you're not going to bring someone over from that organization to come to this organization just for no reason. You're going to have to give them a higher spot in the organization. Yeah, so, or more money. Or Al Murray, Murray, not McDaniel. Wait, I'm sorry. Al, Al Murray, Murray was, that's the, who it was. Yeah, the director right. of amateur yep. scouting. Yep. And that's huge because if they were to bring him in, that would get rid of the guy that they have now or would push him aside anyways. What's his name? I forget. I always forget. The Red True. Wings director yes. of amateur scouting? Yeah, yeah. Tyler Wright. Tyler Wright. Okay, there you go. That's yeah, what Tyler I was Wright, thinking of. But... Yeah, Tyler Wright is the Red Wings um, director of amateur scouting. But even if you kept him and you brought in uh, other scouts from – because that's one thing that I think the – the lightning have done very well with is scouting and drafting. So if you could bring in some of that talent to the Red Wings organization, mix it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that that could help uh, in the rebuild, getting more quality picks, especially you, with the um, amount of picks we have. You have I mean, to get back to what the Red Wings were built on in the nineties. Obviously it's a different game. And, and even in the, the, you know, the 2000s and stuff like that, they did a great job of drafting. You know, Datsuk and Zetterberg were taken in rounds you know, six and seven or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And, and Lidstrom was taken deep in the draft. Now, I'm not saying you can find players like that still nowadays. Because you really can't. Like that, but you can still find players in the third and fourth and fifth rounds that become impact players. And that's where you need to make your meal money. If you're going to have impact players, obviously you have to hit on your high picks that you end up getting, but you, you still have to get lucky there. There is a point in time where you do get lucky. Yep. Yeah. And to the point about Murray too, and Verbeek for that matter, Murray, the Marine and the Joe Smith article about who could possibly depart Tampa with Eisenman leaving as well. Um, Murray was a big piece of landing guys like Braden point, Anthony Sorelli and Nikita Kucherov. Wow. So, and then also yeah, the, the biggest thing with him though, is apparently he does have the opt-out clause according to the article here um, with Eiserman leaving. Cause he's actually got two years left in his contract, but Verbeek's contract is up June 30th. Yep. Yep. I yep. saw that. I so, think the Braden point uh, situation is really interesting too. He's an RFA, right? He's an RFA and I'm not sure they're going to have enough money to sign him. Plus all the other people they need to sign. Well, an offer sheet certainly is a possibility. I don't know if that's the greatest look for Eisenman to come over to Detroit and offer sheet his whole team. But <laughs> you know what? You know what? That would be – Steve Eisenman I don't think is the type of guy that would do it. But if it's going to be done, who who more perfect to do it to, to than your old team, the team that you, you got to the Stanley Cup final but couldn't get over? A little Lamarillo. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm also not sure you want to give up the draft capital that it would cost to offer him Brady. What is point. it, a first, no, second, and a third? It depends on the uh, what you offer him. So if you offer him like $8 million, it's a first, second, and third. Um, but if you offer him more than that, I believe it's two firsts and like a second. And then it depends. It goes by money tiers, but I think it goes all the way up to like three first round three picks. Three first, yep. yep. Yeah, because yeah, that's and what Philly sure. was going to have to give up for Shea Weber. And yeah. then Nashville um, matched it. Yeah, I don't think we're at the point where we want to offer sheet no. tons of money and get rid of draft capital. No, yeah. no. If I you're agree. going the four mil to six mil range is a first round and a third rounder. So if you're going six point oh eight plus 
to 8.1, it's a first, second, and third. Yeah, I don't think it's nope. really it's no really thanks. worth that. Now, Tyler, how far do you think that that bringing in Iserman moves the rebuild forward? I don't think it puts it. I don't think it like accelerates it. You know, the, like foot to the gas pedal, like we're going here. Um, but it definitely puts it in the right direction. You start to see that from the fans, then the fans will be more, you know, a lot more positive and and hoping, you know, and and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that's kind of what it it gives you more of a light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. And you know, obviously, he's going to make most of the right decisions. Obviously, he's not going to make every single right decision, but it definitely it definitely makes it a lot more easy to swallow than than with Ken Holland doing the rebuild. Yeah, I think that's part of the funny the funny thing that happened because like decisions that Holland made that people are like, oh my god, it's the worst decision ever. They say Eiserman made the same decision. They're like, well, if that's what Stevie believes, then it's got to be the right decision. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> How much the the Blash will hate has calmed down since he said he's he has his faith in him. Yeah, in that it's it's evident that Eiserman signed off on the Blashell extension because they'd been talking since the beginning of March and, and Blaschel was extended mid-March. So Iserman gave the okay to extend Blaschel. I'll, I'll tell you guys one thing. The fact that we they've been talking since mid-March and we didn't hear about it just tells you how much like Steve Iserman is a, a consummate pro. Like he does, they, they don't want anything to leak out and they want to keep it, you know, as I hate to say this, but as Patriot like as it gets where everything stays in house and it's kind of a system. And that, that that's great to see that, you know, well, that stuff like I that mean, the, doesn't get out. The fact that as soon as he announced that he was stepping down, Ken Holland and Chris Illich met to say that they need to bring him back. And that <laughs> never got out from last year. That's mm-hmm. impressive. Yeah, the whole thing's impressive. To to be honest, especially in this day and age that we live in social media, surprisingly like Bob McKenzie or like one of those guys didn't have any fingerprint on it. They must have had that locked down and they, they weren't gonna let that get out and that's that's great. I think they still said quite a bit in regards to what was going on though. They oh, yeah, they've had course. opinions going all the way back to the start of this season when Stevie stepped down as the GM role. They and, did, but none of them were consistent. The opinions were not consistent. <sighs> Uh, I think McKenzie was most consistent. Yeah, but McKenzie if you look said at, it was going to happen. Well, if you look what what Bob said versus what Elliot Friedman said versus well, what Kevin Weeks said versus what whatever whoever the NHL Network people are, they all had a little different take on what they thought was going to happen. No one doubted he was going to come back to Detroit, but they all had different ideas of how it was going to happen or exactly what it was going to look like. And I mean, we're beyond thrilled that he's the general manager and not just like president of hockey operations. Right. So, yeah. So now we're going to move to kind of the fun part of the podcast where we're going to absorb all the salt that the Tampa Bay fan base has put out in their just absolute denial that he left to come join Detroit. And, and we'll start with this tweet that said, Maybe Iserman can build a 62-win team in Detroit that'll fail to win the cup. The man has more experience in that matter than anyone. And I, I read mean, he's that. He's already done that. Yeah, but I I read that and I'm like, well, at least that would get us into the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> and I just I, I'm reading these and I'm like, oh god, the salt. 
But I mean, I'll take a 62 win season. Detroit wins another 62 games. I, I mean, were, oh, are, yeah. were there fans that much under a rock to think that he wasn't going to come back? No, I well, yes, yes, there were because we can move to a tweet that says, hold Eisenman accountable. He bailed on the lightning and gave a BS reason. Didn't even really give a reason. Completely disrespectful. Should the wings expect him to bail in the middle of the night? What? Yeah. What? They say being with your family is apparently a BS reason to leave. Did they even, did that person even know what the actual reason was? Or did they just see that he left and thought it was a bunch of bullshit? And they're like, uh. No, I'm, I, I read a lot of these and I'm like, what is the level of, of fan expertise in Tampa? Because he said he gave a BS reason, and then he said he really didn't even give a reason, but he did give a reason, and it was all over everything, especially Twitter. This is this is putting to shame Habs fans right now with the Katkaniemi. Yeah. Well, the next tweet says, Iserman bailed before he finished the job he was hired to do. Now, no, he was actually hired. He was hired to make the Tampa Bay Lightning a relevant franchise and sell more than four thousand tickets a night. That's what he was hired to do. He wasn't. Oh well, I mean, ultimately, he was hired to win the Stanley Cup. But first of all, he was hired to make that franchise relevant again, and he did a very good job of doing that. He built a sixty-two win team, right? Is it Ooh. his fault they didn't perform in the playoffs? Nope. No. Whose fault is that? That's where you look at the players, and that's why exactly. you look at, like, back when Eiserman was still playing. Like, everyone looked at him. Yeah, I haven't heard a – I mean, I've also haven't really paid that much attention to it, but has there really been much said about Stamkos? No. No, not hmm. at all. Interesting. Yeah, Stammer showed up for, like, five minutes in the entire playoffs. But, yeah. but I think, like – he did his job. He went there. He built a relevant team. He built a team that tied the record with an asterisk of the Red Wings, the 62 wins. Mm-hmm. But it, it's not his fault that they completely underestimated the the Blue Jackets the entire series. That's not his fault. I, I think the Jackets are a team that has finally figured out, oh, my God, we have a lot of fucking good players. Oh, yeah. We should be better than this. Can oh, they hey, beat look- Boston, please? Yeah, hopefully. God. But like, oh, hey, look, Matt Duchesne's here. How long have you been here? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> so the next tweet says, bye-bye, Eiserman. We won't miss you. And I want to revisit that tweet in like three years. Can you pin that to the uh, <laughs> like, to the webpage? That'll be an evergreen tweet. I'm going to actually, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to clip it, and I'm going to make it our banner image. Um, <laughs> and, and that's what I'll do right now. But I... I just want to go back to that person in three years and be like, miss an Iserman yet as they cry or they delete their account. And that'll be a freezing cold takes moment. Yep. So the next, next tweet says, well, fuck Steve Iserman. He's the enemy now. And I hope he fails monumentally in Detroit. Eh, I can get behind that one a little bit. These Tampa fans. Uh, I remember when we played them in the playoffs and hockey Twitter was like, at it's height. And I think it was the first time we played them. There was like the, the Brian Boyle things and like the oh, fight, an applicator like, going the, at it. The 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 dumbass people. No, no, no. The people bringing the signs to the game. Hashtag Brian Boyle things with the the tweets on on Twitter like before the games and stuff like that. Like there was thankfully so many that's evolved things. into hashtag Corey Perry things. There was so <laughs> many things in those series 
And I remember when we had the winged octopus at one point, there was we had to block like a hundred Tampa fans because they would just keep coming at us, coming at us, coming at us. And at one point we we're just like, you know what, this is enough. Enough is enough. And I even still, if I if we play Tampa and you know, I say fuck Tampa or you know, something like that. They come at you. Oh, my God. They're like a swarm of fucking yellow jackets. They don't stop. I'm surprised. We're, we're going to get some some backlash from these guys. You watch. You'll see. I don't think it ever stopped. No, they never stopped. They, these these people are, are bandwagoners because Tampa fans in general are just bandwagoners. And you'll see when the Lightning aren't as good as they are how many people fall off that bandwagon. I mean, shit, I will say it was pretty impressive to see. Uh, granted, the Wings were winning again, and people were excited. But LCA, I almost said the Joe, which is still upsetting to me. But LCA looked – that was a damn good crowd the, that oh, last yeah. two weeks of the season. And yeah, to be there winning. for one of those games was was awesome. That's That just speaks more to the fans, I think, for this area and in general for the, the Wings than anything. So whatever Tampa fans want to do, fuck them. We have Steve Eisman, <laughs> bitch. The next tweet is from the same guy that said, we won't miss you. It says, Iserman is a puke in a disgrace to Canada after, quote, wanting to spend time with family. Enjoy the dumpster fire of Detroit and their fake fan base. Fake, fake fan, fan base. base. Yep. Fake wow. fan base. Okay. Okay. So fake what? fan base, right? So so we're hockey town, right? We don't have it on the yep. ice anymore. Trademark whatever. hockey town. True story. Trademark hockey town. True story, right? Okay, so maybe people don't come to the games when the team is, you know, 20 games under 500 and, you know, it's middle of winter. And sorry, nobody wants to go to the game when the team's awful and, and trying to lose. Um, but they're at the end of the season, they're winning games. They're even like during the big games, they played Nashville, Pittsburgh, all the big teams, Tampa Bay. They're, they're singing the songs and, and, and uh, you know, it's just the crowd is awesome at LCA. It almost reminds you of the Joe at times, well, especially even, look, even though the team sucks. Yeah, there's still people that care about the team and go to the games. And I don't know. People are just you. It's not a fake fan base. It never was a fake fan base. No original six fan base is fake. None of yeah. them. You know what? For being such a fake fan base, we still beat fucking Tampa Bay out on total attendance and average attendance for the year. And it wasn't even hundred percent for us. So eat a dick. <laughs> yeah. Fake That's fan base. Right. Even though we have like the largest attendance uh, among like out of state games uh, than like any other team, we fill most other arenas. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So now we're going to go to uh, one guy just says no cup, no love. Good riddance. Like that was his fault. And then the last one is Detroit doesn't look like an upgrade in any way. Roster, city, people. Detroit is garbage. Well, Detroit is home for him, actually. So, well, he lives in West um, Bloomfield, but well, well, okay, yeah, but, well you but, but, but but you know what I mean. Um, you know, he's an icon in Detroit. What is he in yeah. Tampa Bay? He's a businessman in Tampa Bay. That's what yep. he is. That's what people know him as in Tampa Bay. They know him as a businessman and a guy that you know makes moves. He's not an icon like he is in Detroit. He means they're going to show Eisenman on the big screen. They're going to show Eisenman on the big screen. And he's going to get a standing ovation. Like you've never seen before. Little Caesars arena. Mark my words. That opening night is going to be epic. When Eisenman's name is dropped. Oh, I'll be there boys. Oh, we, I will, gonna we'll, be there. Uh, we all shall be there. You know, it's going to be even more epic. 
when he hands that jersey with the C on it to Dylan Larkin, I really and I have to go to the bathroom and change my pants. So I think like oh, like that. There's gonna be so many moments where it's just like you said, Tyler. He means more to us than just being the new general manager than he would yep. mean in any other city he would go to. Because any other mm-hmm. city he would go to, he would just be the general manager. And here he's he's the general manager, but he's also the captain coming home. Yep, he's Steve Eiserman. Everybody knows who Steve Eiserman is. Detroit legend Steve Eiserman. Mm-hmm. Just to put this into perspective, I was at the Bruins game the other night against the Toronto Maple Leafs game five. And I had this very Steve Eisenman jersey on. And I had the most angry fan base in all of hockey coming up. Oh, man, congratulations on the Eisenman news. Congratulations. Eisenman was one of my favorite players. Oh, man, the Red Wings are going to be back to the glory days soon. Like, just I could name quote after quote after quote walking by people. People tapped me on the shoulder. You must be excited, buddy. Like, just they didn't know me from a hole in the wall and they're they're giving me congratulations where their team's trying to beat Toronto right now. And even the Leafs fans too. Like that just shows you how respected Steve Eisman is, not only just in Detroit, but throughout the whole National Hockey League. Exactly. So needless to say, we are all very excited that Eisman is coming back. Very, very excited, yes. It it means a ton to us. It means a ton to the organization. Hopefully that will soon be reflected in the the roster and the management and all the way down to on ice production. Um, but I think we're running out of time. So if you guys can give me your final thoughts and your Twitter handles, that would be fantastic. And we will start with Ryan. My final thought is simply a quote from the recent Down Goes Brown article on The Athletic. It's a positive thoughts article for the teams that didn't make the playoffs. Positive thought number one. Steve Eiserman is here to save us all. And I will end with that. Twitter handle <laughs> RDRyan33. <laughs> Tyler. Steve Eiserman is the GM of the Detroit Red Wings, and we're all happy. This summer is going to be a lot of fun. Next season is going to be a lot of fun. We may not win. We may not make the playoffs. But Steve Eiserman's got us in the right direction. And that's so good to hear. You can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Are you sure? First try. My final thoughts are that I'm happy it happened. Some of us had doubts that he was going to come back as general manager. I'm happy that he's general manager. I'm happy that I I feel we are in great hands. I would also like to sincerely thank Ken Holland for everything that he has done for the Red Wings from the time he got here, even though he made some bad signings. Uh, He is part of the reason that the Red Wings are where they're at today with, with the core they have now going forward so he gave Iserman a good base to work with uh it's kind of exciting that he's still working with Iserman in a in an official role because Iserman learned all he learned from Ken Holland he just avoided a lot of dumb mistakes that Holland made so Mm -hmm. so uh, we're happy he's back we literally could not have asked for more Uh, I'm excited for what is shaping up to be probably a more active than normal offseason and uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You can follow the Grindline podcast online at Grindline Pod. You can get our podcast on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, SoonToBeRadio.com, Stitcher, and Podbean. You can visit our merch store. If you go to Redbubble.com and type in the Grindline, you will find our shop. I just uploaded a new design recently. 
says Iser Plan V2.0. Nice. Uh, it's a pretty sweet shirt. I'm going to order one on a tank for the summer, but any of the proceeds from the merch shop go to supporting our podcast, paying our monthly bills, getting us better equipment. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy hockey town. <laughs>